December 22nd, 2019, Romir Talley was murdered by Wilkinsburg police. It has been seven months and the family has not received answers as to why their loved one now lays dead in the ground. To make matters worse, the name of the officer or names of officers who murdered him have not been released. The lack of transparency and consideration for the family has sparked action in the small town of Wilkinsburg, PA, including a protest outside of Mayor Marita Garrett's residence. Nothing out of the ordinary here, except for the way the mayor responded to citizens holding her accountable. She is seen on video pulling a gun out of her sweatshorts, waving it in the air before putting it back in her pocket. The shocking event continues to unravel when her mother is seen verbally accosting one citizen while physically attacking another. And did I mention that the police were present the entire time? Yes, the mayor had around 12 Wilkinsburg police officers present before citizens even arrived. There are a lot of strange complexities with this case, but we wanted to get the information from the people who were there and directly involved. Today's episode features esteemed blacktivist Nikki Jo Dawson, and the interview was conducted by the students of Narrative. Sit tight, listen up, and be heard. Welcome back to the podcast, See Us, which highlights police violence in Allegheny County against Black, Brown, and marginalized people. My name is Naya, and in today's episode, we will be discussing the case of Romir Talley, a 24-year-old Black man who was shot and killed by Wilkinsburg police back in December of 2019. We will also be joined by Nikki Jo Dawson to talk about her experience during a protest for Romir that occurred in front of the home of Wilkinsburg Mayor Marita Garrett on June 30th of 2020. Before we get started, I'd like to introduce our cast. My name is Nasia Wilkerson. I'm Maya. I'm Naya. I'm Shannon. And we would like to welcome to our show. Before we get too far into the tea, let's welcome one of the protesters, Miss Nikki Jo Dawson. How are you, Miss Nikki? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for inviting me here today. Clear the air. Yes, thank you for letting us having you today. And where are you from? I am from Pittsburgh. You're from Pittsburgh. I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> you, grow, you grew up in Pittsburgh. Yes, yes. Born and raised. And how did you become an activist? Um, well, I don't really consider myself an activist. Um, I feel like an activist can fight for any cause to save the whales or whatever. Um, I consider myself a blacktivist um, mm. because we have to fight for our people first. Um, and that goes beyond, um, you know, uh, you know, beyond gender, beyond, we're black. When we step out the door, the first thing they see is black. So I consider myself a black this. Yeah. Yes, I love that about you. Do you enjoy protesting? No, um, not at all. Um, and uh, that's another thing. Uh, uh, I'm all, always uh, called a protester, 
Um, but I don't like the protests. I feel like protesting um, is kind of like begging for your life to be valued. And I ain't uh -huh. begging for nothing. Um, huh. I feel like protests can be positive and impactful if they have a goal and they're financial um, money oriented. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're shutting down businesses or if you are um, shutting down highways so that, you know, trucks with supplies to businesses can't get in, then that's an effective protest. Um, I, I don't believe in marching either um, or any of that stuff. I know it's it's actually uh, probably shocking to hear because a lot of people actually know me from the Antoine Rose protest um, and protests um, subsequently. Um, but yeah, I'm not really into protesting. I feel like if we have to get out there and and, and um, stop your business, it's not a fun event. Right. You know. Um, okay. What actions have you been a part of over the years? Over the year? Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry, did you say year or years? I said years. What actions have you been a part of over the years? I'm sorry. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, um, pretty much anything black. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, Dade Martin, uh, Milano's Pizza, um, uh, Melanie uh, Carter, uh, also known as Black Rap Medusa, uh, when they were assaulted uh, by Chris Kelly for the North for Sales Police. I've also mm -hmm. been involved with the um, Paul Morris uh, jumping by the a white supremacist group in Avalon. Um, I've been involved obviously with Antoine Rose. Um, uh, oh goodness, there are so many, I, I actually mm -hmm. can't even think of. Right, and what is this one about the pizza? What, what's that about? The pizza? About the people? The yeah. pizza? The pizza. Yeah. Oh, okay. I can't uh, divulge too much. I have an upcoming trial. Uh, mm -hmm. for that. But what I will say is that initially, um, the reason that Pittsburgh took to the streets for Jade is because a video went viral um, January 12, 2018, where uh, she at the time she was 34 years old, she walked into Milano's Pizza on Fifth Avenue on the Hill, and was verbally and physically assaulted by the owner of the of the uh, pizza shop um without consequence um this system specifically pittsburgh's judicial system put her on that stand and tore her apart mm. went through her whole life talking about medication had nothing to do with her being brutalized and assaulted and that is something that needs to be dismantled i don't think um it's about you know votes or you know getting certain people, it needs to be dismantled. Um, I feel like too many black people um, are convinced or actually, they've actually been bamboozled into thinking that, you know, we need a seat at the table instead of building our own. And mm -hmm. uh, me personally, after seeing what happened to Jade and how the owner was let off scot-free, mm -hmm. uh, he's living at home peacefully enjoying his kids and his life while Jade is still suffering mental trauma, physical mm. trauma. Her children are still reliving that moment. 
I mean, to me, that that's a system that is corrupt and unjust and just needs to be dismantled from. Yeah, that's um, what's in it to hear. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I still so check in on her and um, Shatara Jordan. Um, Shatara was the mother who um, I ran into on the corner of Ross mm -hmm. um, back in October. She had two young boys with her and the police uh, were roughing her up. Um, I check in on them periodically because people don't understand that's that's a lot of mental trauma. If these kids, 18 and 19 years old, can go do a tour in Iraq for four years and come home with PTSD, why can't Black people be going through the same thing? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we wake up Black every day. That's traumatic. It's mm -hmm. sad, but it's traumatic. And Dr. Joy DeGray actually wrote a book on it called um, PTSS, Post Traumatic Slave Syndrome. If you get a chance, pick that up. It's very insightful. Um, so you said you don't like protesting, but you think that there was a protest that you would consider like successful, like after the protest, there were actions made that, like actions done that follow through with what you wanted to be done. Right. So yeah, I don't like protesting unless there is a goal. If there's a goal that's going to impact the oppressive party, then absolutely. Um, I'm more of a direct action type of person. Um, I don't like to ask for anything. A lot of people was, oh, you need a permit to protest. How do I get this? I don't know. It's a protest. Um, <laughs> we like mouse calls. Um, and things of that nature. But yeah, if it's about the money, um, because you know, white people, they don't see color, right? <laughs> so, um, well, we know they see that green dollar. So um, right. that's when protest is effective, yes. Mm -hmm. And um, what is your role in um, the Anson Rose case? Um, my role in Antoine Rose's um, case, um, it was more, I, I don't want to say there were a lot of different organizations and a lot of different activists and activists um, and blacktivists who were involved. So my role was essentially mobilizing and education. Mm -hmm. I feel like protests are effective when it's affecting capital and when you're educating the masses. And that is... Um, a highlight of protesting is that you get to gather a lot of people together to talk about things that they were maybe not even aware of with their own racial biases or, um, you know, um, just how the system works. Uh, yeah, so my role in the uh, Antoine Rose protest was uh, basically mobilizing people, getting them out in the streets um, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, messing up that white dollar. So. Yeah, that you. I love your backstory and everything that you've done for um, the community and Black people. Thank you. Thank you, Nazir. You keep saying Blacktivist. What does that exactly mean? Blacktivist? Yes. Okay, so for me, I feel like an activist is somebody who can fight for any cause. You know, you can fight to save the whales. You can fight to end poverty. You can fight the war on drugs. I ain't got time for all that. I'm Black today. I'm Black yesterday. I'm Black forever. So I consider myself a Blacktivist because if it ain't affecting Black people, it's really just not on my agenda. You know, nobody's fighting for us. So we have to fight for us. So that's why I consider myself a Blacktivist. And what are you one more time? Can you repeat that again, please? I'm a Blacktivist. <laughs> And it's spell I, I spell it B L A Q. 
Uh, because like my organization black ops which stands for a black liberative army of queens and kings opposing power structures so we spell it uh with a q blacktivist i love it go ahead go ahead Naya. i love it um so like you talked about uh your role in the antoine rose case in the ramir tally case what are your thoughts on it on the uh, tally case on the Romare, it's plain and simple. I mean, there's no transparency. This family uh -huh. needs answers. It's been yeah. in excess of six months. There's no reason why this young brother was not only chased, beaten, and shot seven times without any explanation. And there's not a name of the officer who did it. There's mm -hmm. no transparency with the family. There's no active investigation. So um, for, for me, my pain comes from every black mother who has had to push out a child into this world to turn around and have to bury them without any repercussion for the assailant and without any regard to the destruction that has now taken place over their entire family. Yeah. Give this family the answers they need. Mm -hmm. And it's just like how people like when officers, not officers, but just like when shooting goes on around like the cities and stuff, like when people shoot each other. Because like, for example, my uncle had died like two, three, two or three years ago. And my grandma, thank you. And my grandma um, was looking for answers and it was not giving her like no detective, no nothing. Like he got shot like and nothing happened. We'll still know who the person that like killed him or nothing. Right. And that's and that's another thing. That's a, that's a, that's a very um, you just reminded me of something. So this whole Black Lives Matter, you know, it's trendy and it's cute. You know what I mean? But like, I don't think people really understand the context of what those words mean, even if you rearrange them. I, I like to say Black Matter lives instead of Black Lives Matter, because Black, we are Black Matter and we live and our lives aren't valued. You've put a three-fifths price tag on us because of the color of our skin. So you feel like you don't owe us an explanation as to why your uncle was murdered or as to why Romare was murdered or to why Antoine was murdered or to why Jade was beaten. They just think it's trendy and it's cute and it sounds like we support, mm -hmm. but you know, they really don't. And it's mostly white people, you know, Mm -hmm. White people, I mean, there's the white allies and the white accomplices. There's there's too many white allies, okay? They just need to go to the left. It's a lot. They need to take a seat. They need to take a seat. A lot. <laughs> we don't need any more allies. We don't need any more people talking about, you know, we stand and support you. No, what you going to do? I don't need to hear what you, how you feel. This isn't about you. It's not your life being snuffed out. Mm -hmm. Our lives matter. Black mm -hmm. matter lives. So yes. you feel like um, people who don't really support use the hashtag just as like a trendy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, just to clarify, what are the demands? Okay, so I wanna I wanna make this clear because there's been a lot of I mean, rumors and hearsay and muddied information. <laughs> to be clear, we do make house calls but we only make house calls to white officials. This was not a planned house visit at all. The mm -hmm. plan was to go to Wilkinsburg mm -hmm. to the council meeting so that we can get answers. Once they started seeing who had ordered tickets, they canceled. 
<laughs> half an hour before the meeting started while the protesters were already in Wilkinsburg ready. I wasn't planning to go because again, I, I don't I don't protest. I didn't want to protest. I just wanted to go to the meeting. But some right. of the protesters had reached out to me and asked if um, you know, I had uh, you know, megaphones and stuff. So I was coming to bring megaphones and go to the meeting. That was it. There was no plan with any of the protesters there that day to go to Marita's house. When we got there and they canceled the meeting and you know, refused to come out and speak, that's when the tide turned and we're like, okay, well, let's go holler, you know, sis and see. And it was never on no confrontation. That's, that's the, the um, other uh, misconception. It's funny how her first statement, um, Marita's first statement was, um, a lot of known protesters. I see a lot of known protesters out here. She's seen me. She's seen Fawn. She's seen, you know, Brandy Fisher. She's seen a lot of people who she knows in the, mm -hmm. you know, area. Um, and then when she released her statement after the fact, it was now angry mob, protesters, vigil, like the word, the language to describe us was so disrespectful. It was just as disrespectful as her bringing a gun out to speak to people constituents and voters who put her into office. We didn't go there on no confrontation. We never walked into her yard. We never touched her property. Mm -hmm. We never said, get out here, we're gonna whoop that ass. None of that. We went there to see, hey sis, what's really good? Are you the person we need to be talking to? Are they, the, are they making you keep quiet? How can we help? I, genu mm -hmm. I genuinely liked this sister. I mm -hmm. genuinely liked her. You and it that. really hurt me the way she reacted. It really, really hurt me. If I was in a position like her and mm -hmm. I seen a bunch of people outside, majority black, the last thing I would have done is brought a gun. Mm -hmm. You ain't supposed to be scared of your own people. Mm -hmm. I could see if there was a, a bunch of white people outside, I might've had it like, but we your people and you pulled a gun on us. I guarantee if they were all white, that gun would have never seen the light of day, mm -hmm. never. And that's what I have a problem with, sis. That's what I have a problem with. You know, we elected you, put you in office. We've had your back. We we don't, you know, go on social media and drag you through the mud. Now, mm -hmm. granted, there were there was misinformation on both sides. Mm -hmm. When we went to the house, we didn't know that the family had already spoken with the county uh, department a week prior. The family was with us at Marita's house. You know what I mean? Apparently, Maria, she tried to have a conversation with the family December 19th. That was six months ago. That's the last time you reached out, sis. This is your district. This is your, your town. It, it is your duty to be in touch with this family, especially if you're, you know, expecting to stay in office. So there was a lot of things that were misconstrued about that. It was never confrontational. It was never like we, you know, have like, you know, knives and, and, and guns and we're running right. down on you. And, you know, it was her mama and her, they came with the heat, like came out. We like, sis, we just wanted to talk. Right. Now you got us all in a, you know, in a situation, you know what I mean? The cops were there before we got there. Let's make that clear. Cause everybody likes to say, you know what I mean? That, um, she called the cops, all of Wilkinsburg PD came there, but cops were on the scene when we got there. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So. Really quick. So, the police were there. What were they there for? Right. 
Exactly. So what I'm thinking is they anticipated that there was going to be, you know, um, some people arriving because she canceled the meeting last minute and we were not leaving without answers. Whether if, whether she's the one who is, who has all the information or not, mm -hmm. she's the one who keeps saying that she's going to be speaking with the family and being transparent. If she's right. not the one who has the info, sis, that's all you got to say. You don't avoid your people. You don't do that. And then her and uh, the, what's her name? Cookie Monster, uh, Cookie Coleman, whatever, whatever. She called our kids terrorists. I don't, I'm sorry. Look, I love black people, but I do not appreciate these Negropeans getting up in Massa's house and thinking it's theirs. Yes, ma'am. My police station, my house, that's Massa's house. You're just the current bedwinch of the administration. Sit down. Yes. Yes, ma'am. And do you think? And do, Sorry, but not really. You're, you're fine. Do you think uh, Miss Maria Jarrett is a leader? She's an intended leader, and I think that she can lead. I mm -hmm. actually liked Marita. I, uh, when I came across her, you know, in different forms or whatever, she would always speak, come up and give me a hug. She's beautiful. She's chocolate. I feel like she could be a great leader mm -hmm. if she would be more transparent and speak to her people without weapons. Hey, oh, yes, ma'am. Um, so she was put into a position to lead. Um, I don't think she has done that. Uh, she hasn't provided transparency. She pulled out a weapon on her own people. I mean, these are people who voted for her. Uh, like I said, I every time I came in contact with her prior to that, she was a very sweet articulate, intelligent, beautiful black woman who I have a lot of respect for until she reacted the way she reacted. We weren't even on your property, sis. So no, I do not think that, I think that she's in a position to lead, but I think uh -huh. she has some work to do. Yeah, and let's chat about, let's chat about her mom real quick. So one thing I have a question is, do you think the mom was instigating the problem to make it like bigger than it was? Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, 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 <laughs> okay. Say I can only be me, so I'm going to just say it however I say it and whoever feels some type of way. I mean, it is what it is. Marita's mama. Mm -hmm. <laughs> gotta love and respect black women. Yes, ma'am. I had nothing but respect for her. She came to the door laughing, smiling, and waving like we were a joke. Mm. She came out before Marita did. She mm -hmm. was disrespectful. She started that. Mm -hmm. And it's unfortunate because we would have never, I would have never allowed anybody to physically disrespect Marita's mother. Period. Mm -hmm. Rita's mother decided she wanted to put hands on somebody. Now, out of all the people she could have put hands on, she grabbed, uh, what's her name? Allie. Allie. Um, she grabbed Allie. And um, the only thing that I really have a problem with is that that allowed for the narrative to be changed. This is the first time in history that the police have ever protected a black woman over a white, a white woman. 
What I don't like is how she was able to center herself with that. Um, I did not see her video, but I heard that she was on there saying things like, wait till my dad finds out and this, that, and the third. Like, this ain't about you. That's what I mean about, you know, you've got to watch with these white allies versus white accomplices. They're two different entities. Right. When a white ally comes in with their tears and their freaking feelings and their opinions, you know, they're overshadowing the movement. This ain't about you. This is between black women. It should have stayed between black women, period. So she can feel however she want to feel about that. I don't care. Yeah, I just, the way, the way like um, Beverly Garrett, Miss Beverly Garrett was like on, like where y'all was on the concrete and that she came into y'all, basically I'm saying like she came into y'all um, area of boundaries, basically like your Right. She came to us. She definitely came to us. Marita didn't until she had a police escort, mm-hmm. <laughs> a police escort to the car. But mm-hmm. Mama Garrett was out there like she was with the shits. I was like, oh, okay. My only thing was making sure that, you know, no white person like took it upon themselves to touch her because then it really would have been ugly. Mm-hmm. I ain't going for that. Whether I disagree with you or not, I'm not about to let nobody touch no, come on, man. And she's a grown ass black woman at that. You know, we may disagree, but that's what we do as black people. That's why we came to get an agreement. We came to speak, but we ain't for that violent stuff, but she came out with the shit. And and Mm -hmm. that needs to be known because everybody's making it look like, oh, we just hopped on Marita's mother. No, nobody Mm -hmm. hopped on Marita's mother. It wasn't like that. Marita's mother came out to us. Yeah, because that's what she told the news. She told the news that there was a lady that came, so she pulled that hair. And I'm like, in the video, it doesn't show proof that somebody came and pushed you. Nobody pushed her. What it was, was um, there was a sister. I don't know if I should say her name, so I'm not going to. There was a sister around uh, Miss Garrett's age who was Mm -hmm. speaking to her, and it was getting kind of confrontational. And then Mm -hmm. um, the white girl said something, and she was kind of close. So... Miss Garrett looked at her away from, you know, the sister who she was talking to. Mm-hmm. And she just snatched her up. She grabbed her phone, then she snatched her hair. And I'm like, God damn. Yeah, so, yeah, but yeah, it wasn't, the girl never touched her. She, that wouldn't, she would have got jacked up if she would have touched her. So that that's a flat out lie. Yeah. Because there was proof in the video. It's like the news believe what other people in higher up think about what something else is going on. Oh, exactly, exactly. And that's why um, they were able to, um, you know, I call them disunity tactics. They were able to use Ali to divide the black community. And that's exactly what happened. And that's what really, that's what really pisses me off. Our people should never fall by the wayside when it comes to our liberation, our freedom our dismantling the system. I don't care who comes in, what Becky, Karen, or Allie, I don't care. You do not fall apart. And that's what the media does. Yeah, so that's that. Yeah, um, do you feel like Marita the person would have acted way different than Marita the in the situation? I don't think Marita the mayor was there that day. Mm. I think that was Marita the person. And I don't know her well enough to say, you know, to say 
her character, but that definitely was not the characteristics or actions of a mayor. Mm -hmm. So that, that Marita showed us who she was that day. Mm -hmm. So, um, like I said, she's in a leadership position and I think she has the potential to be a great leader, but she's got some work to do because, you know, uh, I don't understand how you just whip out a gun on your people. If it was all white right. people, she would have went out there calmly trying to talk and defuse the situation. You don't do that to your people. Yes, do you think Maria Garrett is racist? Do I think she's racist? Yeah. No, she. it's impossible for her to be racist. She is sister. Yes, ma'am. Uh, racism, see, I mean, okay, so there's racism and there's prejudice, right? So I think where people get confused um, by thinking that black people can be racist because we may not like white people, that's just prejudice. Yeah. I can prejudge right. somebody, you know what I mean? It doesn't make it right. Like I could say, I hate that white girl, but I don't affect her housing, her medical, right. where she, you know, goes to school that's what racism is it's a social construct mm -hmm. a social and economic structure that has been built upon the oppression of black people we can't mm -hmm. dictate where a white person may live just because we don't like them but they mm -hmm. have the opportunity to deny us loans to deny us education to right. you know, deny us medical you know um so no i i don't believe she's racist um i think she might have some um um you know what i i don't know her well enough to say that if anything it might be a maybe a, a privileged bias privileged in a sense i mean she's still black obviously but privileged in uh, uh her yeah. of her position right not only in office but in her life like you know what i mean yes ma'am i understand that hit my okay so uh, for my next question um do you expect to see any action taken from Wilkinsburg or like um, some type of reaching out to anybody from Wilkinsburg? Like we know that Marita did put out a statement after the protest, but people she really never put that out. Yeah, no. Really were not feeling that. Um, no, it was very disrespectful. So do you um, think that Wilkinsburg at all is going to do anything else to like resolve the situation? I don't. I don't believe they are. I think that it's it's resting in the hands of the people. And that's what I want to encourage black people to do. Stop asking, stop begging, stop requesting. You mm -hmm. know, it's gotta be a demand. And, if it, and the thing about a demand is you have to follow through on it. This is what we asked for. We asked for this six months ago. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? We asked for this when we came to your house. We stop asking. I feel like we have a lot of black techies who need to be um, doing some work to find out what officers were on duty and clocked in that night, if you know what I'm saying. Um, I feel like it needs to be we, the people, doing our own investigating. Uh, we can't talk about liberation and you know getting up out of under oppression if we're waiting on the oppressor to give us the answers. Right. We can do this. Yes, ma'am. I agree on that one. Yeah, I don't think uh, Wilkinsburg is going to do anything. They turned it over to uh, the county um, department. So that's their way of saying, you know, it's not on us. Right. I right. just have one more thing. Um, do you think if there was anything in your opinion, like do you think there's something that went kind of well or is there anything that went wrong that you wish was differently? I mean, that went differently in the protest? Like there could be some things that you think 
that were achieved that you liked, but there also might be some things that you didn't like and you wish had gone differently. Oh, absolutely. Um, for myself personally, I wish I would have known the information about the family and the county uh, department a week prior. I had, uh, again, no intentions of going to our house. Um, so I think had I known that prior to that, I would have found a way to get her phone number and contact her. Mm -hmm. um, my only reason why I went is because of the people going. I did not, it was a lot of white people there and a lot of black people, but I didn't want to see anybody get hurt by the police. So I said, I'm here, they need the megaphones. I'm gonna go ahead with them and talk to the sister. I think if we had known about the family's engagement with the county, even though they haven't gotten any information either, I think it might have, um, you know, uh, deterred uh, the protesters from wanting to go to her house, they probably would have looked in a little uh, deeper. Um, I, I think on her end, everything could have been done differently. Uh -huh. I came outside, um, you know, minus the gun and the attitude and just spoke to people as people uh, <laughs> to go and write a statement that was just as disrespectful. I don't know what she was thinking. Right. I, I don't know what it, I, I guess because, you know, some of the black bourgeoisie and gatekeepers came to her rescue. She got a little <laughs> cocky, I guess, and, and thought she could just say whatever she wanted. And that's not cool. That's just not how you talk to your people. Right. And her mom was just saying, like, to me, her mom, like, in the video, what I've seen, was just making her do certain things. And then her mom was just talking for her when she could have talked for herself. And that's why I said the mayor did not show up. Marita was there. Marita's actions, based upon what, and you respect your mother, you respect your elders, okay? Right. But we came to you, the mayor. We didn't come to talk to your mama. Mm -hmm. she, um, when she finally said, do you want me to reply with an attitude to um, the cousin of uh, Romare, um, she was like, yes. And then her mom stopped her and said, no, they don't understand. It doesn't matter. They don't care. And then she just shut down. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm like, damn, she grown. She got a whole, you know, Wilkinsburg city that she's, you know, the mayor of. She can't speak for herself. Yeah. So that's why I said that the, the mayor did not show up. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the statement that Marita put out. Mm -hmm. How do you how do you feel about it? Hmm. I feel like she shouldn't have wrote it. I felt I feel like if anything, she should have um, set up a meeting with the family mm -hmm. um, to speak about the case and the investigation and her role in it. Mm -hmm. And I think that when she put that statement out, she only fueled the fire for those black constituents who will surely vote her out of office. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that was a I don't think that was a smart move on her behalf. And then to call us angry mob and protesters and you didn't know who we you knew who we were. Mm -hmm. You knew who we were. Yeah, all that asking and and and, and begging that that never works. Mm -hmm. That that never works. You gotta do demands and then follow up. Right. Yeah we shouldn't even really have to ask. It should be there. Like the right. Exactly. You're exactly right, Naya. 
she didn't even have to ask. Like, there's no, there's no excuse. Okay, so even though we know the county is handling it, there's no excuse why you're the mayor of this city and all you can talk about is the crime rate and you can't talk to the family, the family of the department who killed Hi. This young man, there, there's there's no excuse. There's no excuse. She has no valid excuse for not getting in contact, not being transparent, something. Mm-hmm. Those officers' names need to be released. Like, there's no mm-hmm. excuse. It's funny how they uh, were quick to release false information. I'm going to call it false because it hasn't been proven yet, that uh, Ramir had a gun and turned a gun on them, but they can't re- release the names of the officers who were on mm-hmm. duty that night. Right. So we are going to go ahead and victimize the victim like we did with Mike Brown, like mm-hmm. we did with John Crawford, like we did with Tamir Rice, right. like we did with Laquan McDonald, right. like we did with Breonna Taylor. We're going to go ahead and further victimize the victims by mm-hmm. assaulting in their names and you know discrediting their characters because we need to avoid you finding now what our boys in blue did. Right. Because it's just like, because what the article said with County Connor, I said County Connor, I'm sorry. Connor said that there was no fingerprint of him holding a gun. No and gun residue on his hands, nothing. But you know what the autopsy did show? That he was brutally beat before yeah. being shot seven times. Scraped up, I had to listen to his grandmother cry about his body. How he was beaten up and dragged. If he had a gun, if he had a gun and he pulled it out on the cops, they wouldn't have time to drag or beat him. They would have shot first. Mm-hmm. They shoot for less. So you mean to tell us that we're supposed to be stupid enough to believe that this young brother pulled a gun out and y'all had time to get the gun out of his hand, beat his ass, drag him, and then shoot him? You know, like, and that's not the given either. I- narrative that we're given is that he was shot in pursuit like he ran from the police and then turned and shot and they shot back that's the narrative that we're given right that sound like it makes sense to you no there should be protocols in place to like de-escalate situations like that like one man against however many cops like we don't even know how many cops are there exactly i know it was more than one cop so it's i'm hearing it was three I'm hearing it was three. Yeah, just from some intel we've been taking on the streets. And uh, one of them is black. I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, I got a case against the Wilkinsburg police right now. And the Mm -hmm. officers who arrested me were black. Mm -hmm. The judge who held the charges is black. Oh, uh, recording uh, the cops pulling over two black men because you know that's my duty. That's it's, what we're it's, it's our responsibility. Yeah. That's so yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just and like you said, like they they use the power a little bit too much. Exactly. And it, it's sad. It really. I'm not gonna lie. When I was there at her house mm-hmm. and just watching her react, like it really pained me. It really broke my heart that this sister was doing all of this to avoid Answer. looking like, yeah, like, God, whose side are you on? 
I mean, the woman is standing out here in front of your house crying on the megaphone. Will you please just talk to me? Will you please just talk to me? She's standing there like she's ready to rumble. Like this woman is crying in front of you. It broke my heart that I had to, you know, call her out her name. I don't want to do that to a black woman. Right. I, I said, and I said, I said, Marita, I don't hate you. I'm disappointed in you. It was really disappointing. Like a, a parent, when they're disappointed in you, it hurts more when they say they're disappointed. You'd rather they just be mad because they right. can't get over it. A dis it was a disappointing feeling to watch how she regarded us, how mm -hmm. she treated us, mm -hmm. you know, and she knows us. She looked me in my eye like, you know, she knows who I am. We talk mm -hmm. like, I mean, we haven't talked in like a year up until that point, but like, you know me, sis. Like, and when I told her, I said, I'm not even like, I don't hate you. I'm disappointed. Right. This sister is here crying on a megaphone. She just mm -hmm. wants to talk. And the first thing you did was bring out a gun. Right. The very first thing she did, y'all, wasn't like she was outside, went back in and got it. She came out with the gun. Like, you can see it, but then when people talking to her, she like, like slid it out her pocket so it can be noticed. She, so what she did was she came out on a porch. She was uh -huh. on the phone. She had her hand, her uh, hand on the phone and one ear, uh -huh. and her um, other hand in her pocket. She's standing uh -huh. on the porch. Her mom is out in the yard, like basically yelling at us, you know, saying uh -huh. all this. Her mom turns around and says something to her, and she's still on the phone. She's talking on the phone, but she nodded her head at her mom. And then she stepped down off of the first step of the uh, porch, pulled out her gun, put it up in the air so we could all see it, waved it, like, what's up? And then put it back uh -huh. in her pocket and then uh -huh. snapped the fuck down. I was like, oh shit. Oh, I was like, it's like that, sis? Damn. Like, oh, we, wow. 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 Yeah. I was like, uh -huh. okay. All right, Mayor. Yeah, okay. you your power a little bit too much now. Now look, now, now, look, Nazir, we done made many a house calls. Yes, ma'am. Many a house calls to people with far more power than Marita Garrett. And ain't uh -huh. none of them pulled out oh, a gun. Yeah. Ain't none of them bring out a dog. Her mama brought out the dog. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what she thought that little thing was going to do. Y'all uh, kick that dog across the yard. You better quit playing. Nothing but else. but we don't went to Judge Manning's house. Mm -hmm. He was on a, the president judge of the county for 20 years. After we went to his house, they unseated him. Mm -hmm. We went to um, the East Pittsburgh uh, chief of police and a councilman's house. Two mm -hmm. days later, they disbanded the whole department. There's no police oh. department in East Pittsburgh. Oh, oh wow. We've gone to her uh, Dudo's house, Fitzgerald's house. We've gone to Michael Rosfeld's house. Two days in a row, by the third day, he moved in with his mama out in Oakmont. Okay? We've made many a house calls. We ain't never, and that's, that's the thing that really pisses me off. Out of all these white people whose houses we went to, uh -huh. they ain't never pulled out any type of firearm, no type of weapon, no type of dog. They weren't disrespectful. They might not have come out their houses. You know, some of them did. But the point of the matter is, we came to you as black people, sister to sister, brother to sister, and the first thing you do is brandish a gun. Right, right. Weapon. Disrespectful. Do you think that it was like permitted to go to the house, and, or like, do you think it's, you should go to the house if you don't get answers? I think house visits are more, 
more effective. And here's my thing. See, protesting, you can get out there and make a lot of noise and, you know, shut down businesses. That's great. But when you go to somebody's house, like I'm talking from experience, when I've gone to these houses, I've seen direct action, like things happening. Like we moved him out of his neighborhood because his neighbors did not, uh, his neighbors did not want that energy. Same thing with Manning. He's in Mount Lebanon, rich, white, private property. His neighbors were pissed. You have to let people know who their neighbors are. You might know about the the, the um, little pedophile on Megan's Law or whatever, but do you know about this about this judge who you know only convicts black people who lets white men who beat black women off? Ooh. Do you know about this um, chief of police who calls our children terrorists and thugs? Do you know about this chief of police who signed off on Michael Rosfeld shooting an unarmed black child 46 minutes after he was sworn in to the department? 46 minutes. He wasn't even on a job for an hour. I'm telling you that was his initiation into the KKK. But you know what I mean? Going to their houses gets reactions because it makes them uncomfortable. It lets them know, I know where you live. I don't have to see you at your place of business. You didn't want to use your office to facilitate this exchange, this information, this transparency. Bet. We'll see if you sleep soundly tonight. We'll be there. You want to teach them a lesson? Yes, ma'am. Period. Why do you think it's important for your voice to be heard during this protest? Um, I wouldn't say that it's, um, I, I don't think that it's, well, okay, so here's the thing. My voice hasn't really been heard much mm-hmm. while this has all been going on. And, 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 and that's for many reasons. I think the mere fact that they try to silence us as a people proves how important our voices are, mm-hmm. not just during a single protest not just during you know a single day but a single lifetime your voice should be heard they should be magnified because like i said black matter lives Mm -hmm. and if we aren't teaching and educating each other about the value and importance of our lives it's not Mm going to matter when they keep coming in and doing it to us first when we do it to us you know so it's it's important right now that not necessarily me have a voice in in this uh, situation with Ramir. I haven't been working closely with the family. I know um, some people who I am um, in a collective with and, you know, organizing with who are working directly and closely with the family. I think the most important voices that need to be magnified at this time is that of his mother, his grandmother, and this close family. Yeah, ma'am. I think all it's not as important for our voices to be heard. I feel it's important that we do what needs to be done. If that's mobilization, getting people together, if that's organizing, if that's you know working within the system to dismantle it, we need to do whatever we can to be servants, servants to each other. Mm-hmm. With yeah. our crowns on, of course, keep our, our, our queen crowns on. But Here we yeah. Do you feel like uh, Mayor Garrett needs um, some accountability for her actions? Absolutely. Okay. And if so, what the what do you think accountability looks like in this case? What would make the community whole again? What would make the family whole again? And what would make the, the protesters whole again? 
I think what she could start by doing is to give a public apology mm-hmm. instead of a tongue lashing. She needs to give a public apology for her actions that day. Um, I don't think that it would be genuine if she doesn't feel it though. And I don't know that she's there yet. So um, if she's not gonna start off with an apology, I think that would be detrimental to getting any of us to listen to her or to trust her again. Um, So yeah, she needs to apologize to the people first. And her next step should be getting in touch with the family to let them know everything that she knows so that they know if they need to come to her about this investigation, who's handling it. She needs to be having that type of conversation with the family. it's left in the county's hands when it happened in Wilkinsburg. That's her district. So she has a responsibility and a duty to the family in her district who put her in office to have those type of conversations. As far as the protesters, um, like I said, again, that was um, an impromptu house call. Um, So I don't know what she could do to maybe get back in their good graces. Um, you know, it's like I said, you know, we've done plenty of house calls and nobody's ever pulled a gun on us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, but I think that apology might help, especially if she intends to be reelected. So. Do you yeah. think, are you going to vote for her to be reelected? No, <laughs> no. Um, she's got some work to do. And I don't live in Wilkinsburg. I'm out there a lot. I do a lot of community uh, work out there. Um, but no, I feel like if she came, correct. And by correct, I mean like a genuine and sincere apology and then follow that up with action. Then yeah, we can I, I would say put her back because that would actually show leadership. And I didn't see a leader or a mayor. So if she starts acting like a mayor, then yeah, I'll support her. But um, at this time, absolutely no. not. Yeah, no. And I think to your point, um, and, and we'll wrap it up. I know we've, we've held you for about an hour, but I really appreciate your time. Um, no problem. I already told my boss I was going to be late. <laughs> <laughs> Word up. Uh, but I think I, I, I want to touch back on um, something you said earlier about, about house calls, like the, the effectiveness of them. Um, mm-hmm. you know, at somebody's crib and you do that especially if you do that more than once um not only are they uncomfortable but their neighbors are like what's up like, absolutely what's up? and you know that's why I, I like doing house calls like i during the antoine rose protest it was so stressful i caught i got heat exhaustion i i didn't even know that was real um you know just being out in the sun and i was sick every day and i had to be on the um you know the megaphone and leading people for miles and stuff and shutting down and i said you know what fuck this i'm going to their house we need to start going to their houses and it was like instantaneously the police department was shut down mm-hmm. then the judge was unseated then rosfeld moved out of his neighborhood then you know who else did we visit chief the police chief was it yep visit him um or her, it was a woman, the chief police of uh, East Pittsburgh. She went to the council meeting the next uh, day and they shut her down, shut her down. It's not, that's what I call a direct action. Um, you, Antoine can't go home and be comfortable. You can't be comfortable in your home. Romare can't go home and see his mother. You can't be comfortable at your mother's house, Mayor Garrett. It's just like, you gotta, it's kind of like, you can't keep asking for something and begging for something and not getting it and then expecting people not to clap back. So if we gotta be uncomfortable and go home and live with the fact that these these 
black men and women are killed and brutalized every day without repercussion, maybe we need to come to your house and make you feel uncomfortable because we're not comfortable at home. You know what I mean? Right. That's my mindset with it. Like you're very comfortable living in this posh house up in Black Ridge in a little cul-de-sac with all your little white friends. Let's make it a little unlivable for you. Because you shouldn't be feeling this comfortable while this woman is standing here with a megaphone crying for a conversation. Crying for a conversation. Um, I just want to say one thing. I want to make it clear because I've never, ever, this is the first time ever I've been on a, a, a live uh, platform. I, I don't do it on Facebook. I don't do it on Twitter. Well, I'm not a Twitterer, but I don't do it on any other. I never talk negatively about black women. Mm-hmm. I want to make that, and people, and Shannon, you know, I do not like to put down any black woman. But what I will not, what I will not accept is when that black woman takes the power out of her melanin and resorts to Negro pianism. And that's what she did. And so that's the only reason why I really wanted to talk about this is to clear it up because it was very one-sided once the media got involved, once um, Ali's story come out, once the uh, black bourgeoisie, you know, got involved. It was very one-sided. Like these protesters were angry and this, that, and third, and we went over there for blood and da da da. We went over there to talk to her sister to sister. Yeah, so I just wanted to put that out there. We would never, when I say we, if I'm if I'm out there with a group of black people or protesters, or mm-hmm. even if there's white protesters, it is never my intention. It is never like I just don't allow for that type of violence towards black women, this, that, and the third. It was never on that type of time, ever. Mm-hmm. When they said, okay, well, Marita's home, we should go talk to her, bet we should. Because mm-hmm. we need to find out what's going on. We thought we were gonna get, you know, a sister to sister conversation. I had many right. conversations with Marita in the past. It's always mm-hmm. been, you know, corporate. And we never even got to, we never got to get there because she came out with a gun. So, yeah. yes, ma'am. There's a, you know, like in the narrative justice and personally, we got a saying is accountability is love. And so, you know, holding folks accountable is not an act of violence against them. It is not an act of against them. And I think that's a thing that we, um, we don't necessarily hold in society. Um, and so like the idea of, I personally feel like the folks who started like to cape for, for lack of better words, um, were experiencing huh. cognitive dissonance because this is a person that they love but they also recognized that what she did was absolutely wrong. And so they started acting out violently with their words and the way that they were showing up in our own black community. Um, and I think that's because like, we're not taught to love people in accountability. Like, you know, this exactly. Is- they think it's gotta be more of an attack. Yeah. And it doesn't. Nope, does not have to be that. Never does has- not have to be that. I love you. I'm not going to let you be out here doing the most to hurt you or anybody else. I'm going to pull you aside or I'm going to hold you accountable, whatever makes sense for exactly. you. And that's what I always appreciated about you because even when we didn't even know each other too well and there were people talking and this, that, and the third, like when you heard something, you came to me, mm-hmm. like, you know, about it, like, you know, is this what's really happening? And, you know, we found out it obviously was a bunch of hearsay and, you know, miscommunication. But I like the fact that Assista is confident enough and loving enough to be like, hey, if you're doing this, this is wrong, or maybe we could find another way or, you know, 
accountability is love. It does not have to be a, a battle. And I think that's, we abuse it in that sense because we don't see accountability being taken in the, in the higher uh, levels of society. White people aren't held accountable for shit. So when we, you know, hold somebody accountable, it's kind of taken as an offense. Like, why are you coming at me? But it's like, it's really not that deep. I love you enough that I don't want to see you caught out here fucked up. You know what I mean? I have one question, a really quick question before we, before you go. Sure. But um, if you were in the mayor's shoes, what would you do? What would have you done better and what would you do? If I was in the mayor's shoes, I would have came out and spoke to the people. Mm-hmm. I would have spoke to the people. I, I'm not a mayor, but I'm in a leadership role as she is. If you don't have the answers, go get them. That's what she should have done. What I feel like she should do now is to make that public apology and um, for, you know, the name calling us, you know, um, angry mobs of people and protesters and vigilantes. And I think mm-hmm. she needs to offer transparency with the family. I think she needs to do that. Those should be her next steps. Apology and action. Yeah, ma'am. Hey, hey. I just made that up. <laughs> Corny. Corny old people joke. You're not old. 37. You're not old. That's not old. You're not old. That's not old. You look good. That's 37 is not old. Thank you. All right, Chad. Do you have anything else for Ms. Nikki Joe before she takes off? Well, I did want to say, because I would love to, I would say I love you and I love your energy. I love how outgoing you are and just like everything that you're doing for community and everything. And like the way that you're just talking, you just fire me and you just start funny. And you talk, you, you, I don't know, your fingers call your little thing, but I would love to join your little thing group in your little community. Oh, you are so cute. I would love to meet you all in person um, oh, and further these type of discussions. Like, I love talking to the youth because, man, people didn't talk to me when I was little. Right. When I was wilding out and trying to, you know what I mean? You know, right. change the world. You know, I was pretty much doing everything on my own. And now you guys have the the age of social media where you can do platforms like this podcast where you can reach people. And I feel like Mm -hmm. it's important that we um, mend that relationship between Uh the generations instead of, uh, you know, I always hear older people saying, oh, these kids, they they don't know what they're doing. They should be doing this way. First of all, you're old. You (laughs) have all the wisdom to offer these youth, you, I don't feel like they can sit up and talk negatively about what y'all are doing or how you're moving if they're not providing you guidance and wisdom. Not mm-hmm. authority on how to move, but guidance and wisdom. Because mm-hmm. who's to say your ideas aren't better? I'm, I'm always that, you know, next, mm-hmm. you know, direct action, next, right. what's going to be effective. That's why right. I said, you know, protests are only effective in a medium. But I feel like you, you, um, I don't want to say kids, but I feel like you, you, young people, you know, um, or um, more conscious in a sense um, of what's going on, maybe not historically, but you're in the now because of social media, you see everything coming at you in ways that is like, that I didn't see in my generation. Right. My nephew's 10 years old. Mm -hmm. He was born with a black president. You know what I mean? He hasn't known anything. You know, it's like right. you guys are in a whole different age. So you have a, a different insight. And this is 2020. And, uh-huh. and what do we know 2020 as? Perfect vision. Mm-hmm. This is the year for y'all to see your potential. 
to, uh -huh. to carry out that matter, that melanin. Yes, ma'am. That divinity. This mm -hmm. is the year of the awakening. And the year we ran out of toilet paper. Because <laughs> our president is full of shit. At this point. But no, I would love to meet you young people someday. I really would. Yeah. And I appreciate you guys inviting me to this forum to speak candidly oh. about this. Um, I, I was I was really getting annoyed uh, with all of the things I'm seeing on uh, Facebook about this because there's just so many and you know and and like stories like yeah yeah. And, then and I'm like, you ain't even gonna talk to anybody who's there. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. That's why we reached out to you and we said, we gotta get her here. And I love how that you came to us and joined the call with us and had a good conversation with us. I appreciate you coming out for us and doing our podcast and talking, have a great conversation. I love the work that you're doing and I love how transparent you are with all your answers. Amen. I'm, Thank you. Like, I'm looking up to you like as someone like who can speak up for whatever and just with a loud voice and yeah. it's very inspiring thank you work is definitely like something people should strive to like if they're doing stuff in the same line of work as you they should definitely be striving to be like on your level because what you're doing is really great wow those are some very high compliments and i just hope that i'm um still able to maintain and live up to them you you guys are awesome and mm -hmm. and, and that's my only hope for y'all is that you use your voices with action right. don't just voice things don't just talk about something always have an action if you don't know what to do get with some older people or like-minded folk and if there's not a space for you create one mm -hmm. you don't have to follow the crowd you don't have to be you know with this organization because this is you know more popular do if you don't see the type of changes that you think need to be happening create them use your voice with action you guys you got this i promise and that's it for this episode of see us you can support the great work of nikki joe dawson by donating to the freedom fund created to support black activists facing criminal charges for fighting for our humanity the fund can be found on Venmo at pgh-freedomfund. Big thanks to the Black activists and organizers. It is no easy job. We are thankful that you make the sacrifices for us. If you have a story of police violence, systemic racism, or power violence, and would like to be featured on a mini-show or appear on the show, you can email us at seeuslearnmore at gmail.com or you can call and leave a voicemail at 412-453-6309.